Well, welcome to Carpool Q&A, a podcast for Empowered to Connect, where we talk about one topic, one thing, one question that uh, we've been getting asked or that we have ourselves. Uh, these podcasts are, are not our long form interviews that you'll find on uh, Tuesdays on our feed. This is just a conversation to help get you from point A to point B, maybe when you're dropping off at uh, sports practice or dropping off at school or heading to pick up from rehearsals or whatever. So um, with all that said, every week, um, one person in our circle of Tana, Ottinger, Becca McKay, or myself, bring a question that the others have no idea is coming. And then we just talk about it uh, together for a little bit. So today, uh, Becca, you're up and you're going to share a question you've got, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. My question today comes from my uh, grandmother who had a phrase that she always used, which was, I won't abide picky eaters. So my question (laughs) is... So my question is, what do you guys do with picky eaters? How have you guys handled that? Um, It can be a big thing for some families like mine. Um, And so I'm curious, yeah, what what could we think about? What could we do to support kids in trying different kinds of foods? I love that we brought grandmother into the conversation. (laughs) Grandmother. Do not call her grandma. Sweet grandmother. And I do not abide picky eaters picky eaters like I'm not making any sort of adjustments here yeah yeah right man oh man okay so this sounds like my now we called her granny Mm -hmm. we called her granny but um okay I think you just came up to my house and asked the the Ottinger family question (laughs) um JD what are you I'm feeling feelings what are you let's do a little feeling Um, stuff in and then we can get into it well okay in the effort to just keep it real first and then try to give some, some answers uh, where this conversation has been tough for us is I think um, it is real easy as a parent, when you get into this world to know that there can be with trauma, with sensory issues, with all that comes with adverse childhood experiences, there can be some like, um, and I'll use the layman terms that I think of to help me to understand, like some like cold mechanical, like under the surface, not intentional uh, food stuff that comes. And then there can also just be some personality pickiness where kids can get over it, but you know don't want to for whatever reason. So that's where we have struggled sometimes is in identifying those things and being like, all right, is this is this like some sensory stuff, like some deeper, something deeper, or is this like I just really want cinnamon toast crunch for dinner, which I mean, who amongst us? Yeah. Do not right. So um, that being said, you know I I feel like where we have found our groove is a, a the sentence that we will use and and qualifier that like we don't um, currently have any huge like under the surface food issues that are happening. So I'm this is not to this is not a prescription for everybody listening. This is for the Wilson family. Like what has worked is hey you got to try it once. Like if, if we're gonna have something for dinner, you have to at least try it once. If you don't like it, you hate it, no big deal. We'll figure out something else that's going to like help you to build your body the right way and, you know, be nutritional. But, you know, it's not a free pass for ice cream for dinner. It's not a free pass for like, just go get candy or whatever. We're still going to be mindful that like we're, we're helping to like build our bodies when we eat. And so um, you got to try it once. And once you try it once and don't like it, no big deal. Um, so that, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of as far as we've had to go. And then within that, I mean, there's some battles, obviously, but 
Um, that's been our, our approach to this point. I just took about three pages of notes. Wouldn't you? <laughs> um, okay. So food is a thing and, and it can be a thing in so many families. Um, and unfortunately it can be a place where, um, relationship breaks down. So I don't mean to like take our little carpool Q and A and go wah, 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 like Tana just deflated the balloon. I don't want to do that, but I do want us to think about that, that food, what you're right. It builds the body. Like there is, there's a role that nutrition plays that, um, I never want to undersell that when I start advocating for like a different way to think about food. I want to say, we know that healthy nutrition is a part of like whole person well-being. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's, we know that's true. And then there can be this place where we like totally lose our kids along the way where nutrition trumps like relationship and respecting their personhood and understanding or seeing them with eyes of compassion. And we have, we have had really significant food stuff in our family. Like We've needed the help of, of therapists and we've done feeding clinics and we've done feeding therapy. And we, like, we have, we run the gamut. And then we have some kiddos that are like the most adventurous eaters and love like all wonderful food. So we, we run a gamut here. And, and I think like, maybe if I could advocate for anything at all, it would be like food is supposed to, even from the way that like children are born needing adults to feed them, to keep them alive. Like it is a place of beautiful relational connection. It is a place where laughter and joy, like I, I believe in that, like food is a gateway to community. I I just have like a really, I just believe that in the core and essence of who I am. So the only posture I've known to take is food should not be a place where my relationship with my kids is sacrificed. It should be a place where it is flourishing. And they're, we are, we are, they are seeing me as the person who gets the essence of what they are and who they are. You're right, JD. That does not mean that a kiddo that could eat and would enjoy spaghetti and salad should get cinnamon toast crunch. Okay. But if you've got a kiddo that literally can't swallow salad, we have to come up with a different option. You know what I mean? So I, I do sweet. I would love your grandmother, Becca, but she and I would be like (laughs) on probably pretty polar opposite sides of this fit, you know, and I would respect that there are reasons why that would be an ingrained in her DNA. And then I've had to just change my mind. I remember the first time. I mean, it was so many years ago and one of our kiddos had some, some um, extraordinary needs. And we had a precious little right out of school, a speech therapist. And she was coming to our house at the time and she was explaining to me how to introduce textures. And she would have me bring all of these different kinds of food that were all the same shape and color but different textures. So it would be, I mean, I, what's coming to my mind is, I mean, I remember one time and y'all, this was like 15, 16 years ago. 
And we were preparing for a feeding therapy session. And I brought a crunchy Cheeto, um, a carrot stick, a thing of like string cheese, uh, squeeze cheese, and maybe like a goldfish crack, like all these long, skinny orange things. And she would just educated me and like respecting the biology connected to food and the sensory sensitivities. And anyway, so I feel like I've been educated out of like necessity on how to really support um, food. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say issues because I don't really see them as issues, maybe preferences or needs. Maybe I would say needs because yeah. it does feel like a need to me to respect my kids. Yeah. Like actual biological repulsion against some foods. Like yeah. anyway, and we've done it for years and years and years. And you know what? We've made progress, but for some of our kids, we're not where I wish we even were. Yeah. But what I've seen build over time is resilience. So JD, you're right. I, we've gotten to, can you try it once? But that was not last week. That was like 10 years ago, 10 years of work too. Can you just smell it? Can you take a little nibble? Can you? So I don't know, respect the kid. And I do make many dinners. Like the Ottinger kitchen is different. Family dinners are different. It's not, we don't all get to sit around the table and eat as a big family. Like there are just things we've had to change over time that I still grieve and I'm still sad about. And I still second guess. I still, I still second guess if we've, if we're always making the right decisions. So I don't know. It's that's a big one, Becca. Thanks for coming. I know it's a big one. And it's not, we, we have episodes on the podcast with like speech therapists and professional, the three of us are just speaking like what our experience has been. So I think, um, not to take the conversation a different way, but if we think about the why my grandmother grew up in the great depression. Like if you think about the why of like, you can't be picky when this is what it is, or you don't eat. Um, That's and right. about my parents kind of reinforcing it. Well, we lived overseas and a huge part of our life was eating with people who cooked ethnic foods that were different from what we were used to. Yep. And so a big thing that we had to learn was um, how to kind of like you're saying, JD, if you don't want to eat it, you don't have to, but you don't need to say, this is nasty. This is disgusting. Ew. Like a huge part of it wasn't really about eating the food. It was about being kind to people that made food for you. It was just about thank you. And then not eating it. Like it was just about kind of the social skills. So those, I'm just thinking of a little bit of like, why? And I wonder for people listening, if food is a battle for you, just spend some time asking, why is this a battle for me? Is it because I'm scared that they won't get their nutritional needs? needs Is it because I'm embarrassed that you're not eating my friend, my best friend who we've gone over for dinner for Thursday nights for our whole life. And now we go with our kid and you're like making her feel bad about her chili or whatever it is. Like what, what's going on? Like, what are the things that are making this a battle for you? And then, um, you said it, Tana, but I think the biggest piece of advice that I've heard, which I think is really true, is just taste buds change throughout your life. Mm-hmm. So just lots of exposure, lots of at-bats, lots of just having stuff available. Um, I have little a little sweet niece who loves every single vegetable. I mean, like 
vegetables and fruits. I was on the phone the other day with her and she's like, I'm eating guava. I'm like, why are you eating (laughs) guava? Because my sister's decided she's going to have tons of fruits and vegetables available. Um, Not everyone has the means to do that. Stuff is expensive depending on where you live. But when you can try they bought a star fruit because the kids wanted to try it because it looked fun like when you can make it this fun thing out of the my three nieces and nephews not all of them like it but one of them now asks can I have avocado can I have guava can I have like so just you don't know even their preferences if you don't expose them and just have it around and have it available and also we are huge models so if your breakfast is coffee and you're trying to make them eat eggs you know, maybe they're watching you. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Well, okay. So some, one quick thing, JD, before you move on, you said something Becca that I just want to like put a, put a little pin in. And it's a phrase that one of our speech therapists taught us. And I love it so much. And it goes back to that respecting other people's food. If you've got a sensitive eater, then it's don't yuck their yum. which is is a fun way to like teach that respect moment where it's like, if you're, you can, you can decline if you really can't go for it, but how do you do that respectfully? Mm -hmm. So that was our substitute. Like we can eat all kinds of things and this kiddo doesn't need to say that's so disgusting. It's don't yuck their yum. So it's learning. If you want people to respect your preferences, then how do you teach respect Mm -hmm of other people's preferences. Okay. Sorry, JD. What were you going to say? I didn't want to miss the moment. No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think we're, we each get to come at this from like a really unique perspective. And so I think, you know, Becca with kind of the missionary perspective of like being in a different cultural setting, how do you do, how how do we teach our kids how to respect other people while still holding some like connection standards and boundaries within your family is really helpful. And and you kind of thinking about like, Hey, we've got unique feet feeding needs or, or food needs. So we're just going to meet those needs period. And it's going to look different. And that's cool. That's great too. So I think in, in all of our situations, like I, I love to cook, but I also, I, I typically, I'm trying to think back if this is an honest statement. I typically don't have any kind of like, uh, insecure reaction. If the kids don't like my food, I usually am like, well, you have bad taste or <laughs> no, like, like I, I will, we can be playful about it, but it, it typically does not like offend me if they don't like something that I make. But what, what it has led me to, to take on the challenge of is like, if they don't, well, then I'm just going to try to figure out, like, let's try different things in different ways and different food types and textures. And what, how, how do you like potatoes or how do you like, you know, pancakes or how do you like, what, like whatever it might be, like, let's figure out ways because I, I want them to learn too. They don't have to be trapped in, in certain routines if they don't have to be. So like, if there's like, you don't have to be the chicken fingers person at every meal. If, if you don't have that, uh, if you don't have that by necessity, right. It's like, if you, if you get exposure to different things, you might learn that you like sushi or like we have, uh, friends on staff, their, their kids, like, their their version of of McDonald's like the oh can we please go with it? they're like can we please 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 get sushi or poke <laughs> and yeah, you're like right. but aren't my kids you know have never yeah once I've said that. that right but right. after they heard their friends say that they were like well, when can we try sushi and so you know yes. we started off with with Kroger sushi because we were not trying to break the bank while finding it you know yeah. <laughs> finding out they like it or not but 
one of our kids does like it. So now that's something else that's added into the equation. So I think just being willing to try different stuff as a parent too, like being willing to try different foods, being willing to try cooking things different ways, or, um, you know, again, the goal is connection. So like if, if a distaste or a dislike of certain kinds of textures of food doesn't have to offend us, but we can experience that together and be like, Oh man, I hate that you don't like that. Um, well, I don't know. What do you, what do you want? Like, let's, let's find something that you do like to have. And, and back to the nutrition part for us again, like without there being like, uh, you know, without there being like distinct food needs that limit that within our family, we've just tried to like be creative about meeting those like nutritional needs in ways that you like. Cause I, I mean, I'm a firm believer that healthy food doesn't have to taste like cardboard. Right. So like we can find ways to prepare food that is good for us that we like. And so if I can teach that to our kids as well, then they can know, like, you know, I don't have to just, it's not like there's food I like and there's food I have to eat to, you know, stay healthy or whatever. If they can merge those two together, I think that's also a really helpful piece. So can I say one of my favorite current TikTok trends is toddler moms posting pictures of this is what I offered my toddler. This is what they ate. <laughs> and basically it's like, it's like uh, looking at two pictures and being like, what's different. I have to look really close to see what's different because toddlers just don't eat a lot. So I also, if you're listening to this and you have like little, little ones, um, yeah, I don't be surprised at how little, I mean, it'll be like four bites of waffle. And then the next picture will be like, three and a half bites of waffle left. Like that's kind of yeah. what you're dealing with. So if you're yeah. in the season, you're definitely not alone and you're not, it, your kid is probably as a toddler getting enough. Again, this is not professional medical advice, that's but right. that's right. There it's trending on TikTok. Like there's so many moms that are like, look at this. This is like, I gave them four grapes and we ended the day with three and a half grapes. Like this is what we're, right. this is. And they happening. liked grapes yesterday and yeah. they don't like them. That's right. Exactly. And yeah. I know you bought a whole bag of grapes and I'm sorry they don't like them yes. anymore. Yes. One of my dear friends is like, how come, how come in the grocery store, they said they wanted that. And every time I offer it, there's a meltdown. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're offering it. I mean, I don't know because yeah. it's, you, know, you offered it in the wrong moment, in the wrong way, in the yeah, wrong way. I mean, I have no idea. Like $8 a pound. Yes. <laughs> Totally. So I just think like, come at food, you know, and with like relationship connection and nutrition in mind, again, I'm not saying you have to throw that out. I loved your perspective, JD of like, can you get them in the kitchen cooking? One of our kiddos that is very like, is a super taster diagnosed that way. I have them help prepare food for other people that I know will never go in their mouth. But we're just exploring food and talking about it and getting in the kitchen and it's just connected and, you know, then they eat their other thing. Like just figure out how to make food not be a place where we fracture. And if it is a deep, deep struggle, then my encouragement would be for you personally, just explore that a little bit more and maybe see if there's some support you might need to figure out why is this a barrier between us? Why, what's happening in me that's making making me take it personal or feel feelings or feel discomfort inside for some reason and and push into that a little bit. Yeah. And, and honor grandmother, 
maybe my closing thought is an honor grandmother (laughs) um, and that grandmother has her reasons. Like you said, Becca, we all have reasons in the history for our, from our perspective. So that's great. Okay, guys, thank you.